Oh dear. Hello everyone and welcome to the All Blacks edition, episode 12. Wow, we're racking up now. Hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, your best place for rugby predictions and opinion. And thank you for joining us. And we're going to be talking about all things All Blacks tonight. Um, drop comments in the live chat uh, you know, on Periscope, which were um, Facebook or YouTube um, as well. And we will also answer those. If you're on YouTube, uh, also we'll answer the best ones actually. If you're on YouTube, um, that's, uh, then and you definitely want to be answered, uh, obviously rugby related, then hit the old dollar sign and we will definitely talk about it. Otherwise, we'll just take the, um, the best ones. Joining me this evening, I have two guests. Wow. Yes, the Football World Cup is over. So hopefully we will be getting um, some people back um, from, uh, from their hiatus. And uh, welcome, Herman. How are you doing, sir? And yep, and his internet connection is as reliable as ever. Tell me about my internet connection. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, this could be a long show, folks. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and also, Ashwin as well. How are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm good. I've just come back from a real entertaining uh, meeting, which probably parallels the Blues board meetings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's cricket, so unfortunately uh, you, you can't... Um, you I'll, have to, I'll have to do another podcast for that one. Yeah, I'm not sure. What, so what we, what, we, um, the, uh, what, what, what can we call that one? Um, there's already the Long Leg podcast, so you can't, do, can't, can't use that. Um, what's the equivalent of driving mall in cricket, do you think? The rolling ball. <laughs> the rolling, the rolling ball. Yeah, the rolling ball podcast. That would be the other one. Yeah, under, underarm. I know we just talk about as Australian uh, versus Australia. Um, now we've lost Herman entirely, which means all my labels are all over the shop. So hopefully he comes back. Um, I'll, I'll just turn our name labels off. Most of you will know who we are by now, um, and, uh, and, our, and our Twitter handles and stuff. So, oh. so yep. So we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll drop those off. Um, so kicking off, then let, let's talk about some re-signings. Um, both Ardi Sevilla and uh, Geordie Barrett have recommitted to the All Blacks, um, so that's uh, that's good, all good news, isn't it, guys? Yes, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I mean, it is it is good news. Um, obviously, Ardi's in that number two slash three position for um, open side flanker for the All Blacks, so um, to maintain him at least through to the World Cup is good. Um, obviously, we'd like to see him sign up for more. Um, I think Geordie's position with the one-year contract, my, my take on it is that basically he knows that he goes through the World Cup, he performs at the World Cup, he gets a damn sight better offer than what he's getting at the moment from the uh, All Blacks. Wow, and uh, there we go. There, there's, there's a good 15 minutes of discussion that Arthur has decided to rattle off in 10 seconds. Go on. Set. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might be learning a thing or two, having done like a hundred shows by now. Um, but no, no, I'd, I'd have rattled it all off, um, and uh, rather than take it point at a time, give both sides the argument. No, 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 no. Just there we go, bang! It's all, it's all done. I mean, um, out there. So that's it, guys. Uh, show's over. Thanks for joining us. It's been great. <laughs> you know that I told you about that. Oh, me. Um, so yeah, so. I'd, all I said was, have, it's good they've signed, and you'd go on just, oh, piece by piece. So, yeah, so they both signed. They're both Take signed. it back. Beep, 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 <laughs> the back up there. That's really great that they've signed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Herman, they've just signed for one year. Is that a worry? Um, 
<laughs> yes, it is a worry, but it's but we already know about that, don't we? But we can, of course, talk a little bit more about. We talk about so yeah, I mean, there are two very different cases on it. So we got signing for um, one year. We, we've got we've got Ardis there, who's now he's twenty five or twenty four, I think he is uh, at the moment. So he's still got a good six eight years, uh, sort of eight years ten years left in him. Uh, potentially eight years as uh, at uh, international level at least and but he is uh, stuck in that number two or, or that bench role but but he's he's a nailed on squad player though, isn't he I mean, he's, he's he's going to be kick, picking up jerseys uh, but in, in, is, is that enough for him do you think mm, but don't yeah. you, I mean Paul you go, don't, don't you reckon that I think the play, because no one knows exactly what Super Rugby is going to look like after 2020. And I think you're going to find very few players committing to long contracts now. They, they're going to wait and see because they're pretty much holding all the aces on their hands too, especially the good players. So they are just going to sit and wait and see who gives them the biggest offer with the biggest move. Because we don't know exactly what's going to happen with Super Rugby and Sansar after 2020. I, um, I'd just like to say that's why we have Herman on the show because of all the stuff that I've read about Geordie and Ali signing up, nobody has raised the point that we don't know what um, Super Rugby is going to look after 2020. And, and that will be a factor, absolutely. <laughs> hey, if, if there's no South Africa, the dollars go down, the money's not around, who knows what contracts are going to look like? The I, I, Yeah, I guess so. I hadn't thought about it. Personally, I hadn't actually considered that the that, that was going to be an issue. I just realised I've got a glare from one of my lamps. I'm sorry, just, uh, just alter. Nope, it's not that lamp. It's the other lamp. There we go. <laughs> the one that I haven't moved prior to the show. Well, she's all over the place tonight. Uh, it's all over the place. As you say, um, Paul is all over the place tonight. Um, so, the uh, okay. Oh, you think that's think that's an issue? I, I for um, I, I guess that could could, could alter the, the level of cash. But most of the cash comes from the All Blacks anyway, uh, and so um, and then it sort of trickles down from there. So I, I wouldn't have thought that the, the the level of or the amount of money they'd receive would change greatly, or the amount of money that the New Zealand has to spend on the players, sorry, will change greatly depending on the the Super Rugby um, piece. Uh, if the um, oh yeah, oh yeah, Paul, Paul, oh yeah, I have to contradict you because yeah, all yeah. like I mean NCR still have money in the banks, so they go for another like 2020, 2023, but if they do that, they will empty their bank. They have to, as soon as, is there any going down in the income for the new deal, and especially for Super Rugby, they have going to have to adjust everything for that, because there's no way New Zealand Rugby going to risk to go bankrupt. Not They're not even close to get, get bankrupt, see, but a bad eco- economy again. They've been through that already. They're never going to go back there again, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. So it's it's interesting that that's I do think it is as you say about the level of contracts they're going to get, um, uh, and I think Ard, I think they're, they're very different cases. I think Ardy is holding is probably in that kind of same place that sort of a Aaron Cruden, uh, Sopawanga uh, kind of person who's sort of part of the setup but can see that they're not going to quite make that number one role, um, and therefore they're vulnerable to other people coming through and knocking them out of the squad. Uh, and so I think yeah I think Ardy's Taking the one-year piece to to look at options in Europe, um, essentially after that, uh, I don't think uh, so. He's way too young to be going to Japan, uh, but I think he's kind of the right sort of age to be 
to obviously he, obviously he can go to Europe, um, and along the sort of the Piatau kind of kind of level, get paid extremely well, uh, and set himself up for life uh, very comfortably. Jordi, yeah. Jordi, however, a a totally different case, though, isn't he? He's not holding out for Europe. He's just holding out for not wanting a five-year deal as a up-and-comer and wants a five-year deal as a Rugby World Cup winner or a four-year deal as a Rugby World Cup winner where, where the money, as you say, the money next year, he'll, he'll be worth a lot more. Absolutely. Um, and, and, yeah, just on the arty front, the thing is that, um, you know, I, I think we've got uh, – he's is it, he's number two or even number three as the um, open side uh, uh, flanker. And the reality is, is that – there's got to be another crop of uh, open sides coming through very shortly. Um, and there's going to be that competition and pressure on for those two and three spots. I think Sam Kane's nailed that um, starting jersey for a long time. Uh, and he's, you know, he's, he's, he's proven or disproved a lot of um, non-believers. If I've got that round the right way, but you know what I mean. Um, he's he's nailed that. Yeah, yeah. The naysayers, um, and, and really that it's the two, two and three that's going to be up for competition for new guys coming through. So I think um, you know that's why a, a, another reason for Ardy one year deals correct after the World Cup. He then looks at where am I in the picking order? Is there some young kid that's young Turk that's going to come and up usurp me? Um, and um, Julian can go and find him, help him get a big dollar deal in France somewhere. <laughs> the and it's it's, an, I, it's just, I never saw Ardi as being as, as challenging Sam Kane. I mean, I've um, have said have said before that Sam Kane to me is the next All Blacks captain um, after after Kieran Reid. So uh, if you it's in, in that position that I think he is in that. Uh, yeah, I don't think how, I, don't, I don't think Ardy was ever going to usurp him uh, and become the number one seven. Uh, so, which is why when I saw him playing eight quite a bit last season, I thought that he was trying to make that move uh, to eight uh, and maybe uh, a look at looking that that make, make himself that kind of bench role where you can fit in any of the three um, back row positions. But utility. Not, but we've not you know, the utility piece. But we've not, or, or even specialising in eight. But we've not seen him play eight um, this season at all. Nope. He's, he's he's had a couple of breaks with injury too, hasn't he? I mean, like he, obviously um, the last latest one while he was in All Blacks camp, getting that high ankle sprain, um, and, and I believe he did have an injury that kept him out for a bit earlier in the season as well. So, you know, he's spent a bit of time off the field, which obviously, if he was going to move around that back row position, hasn't really helped him in that regard too. And the fact that when was he going to get the opportunity? Because when you look at that back row for the Hurricanes. Are they really ever going to not have Brad Shields at the, you know, in as a in that back three sort of thing? So yeah, but I mean, Shields is in six, isn't he? He's, he's, he's a six. He's not he's an eight. Um, <clears throat> and they did have. He's English, you know, so Paul know about him. <laughs> um, yeah. The uh, so um, yeah, it's, it was more the eight position. I thought he was he was, he was trying to trying to sort of move himself into, but. So yeah, that doesn't seem to have seemed to have happened, um, and I think yeah, we we can all expect him to go probably over to Europe um, after the Rugby World Cup. Uh, whereas Geordie, say yeah, we expect him to be around um, for at least the next World Cup cycle. Yeah, but I think the problem with both Jordi and with Rico too who pro- is that they are like such a special talents, 
And uh, the rumor is too up in Europe, but especially the top, uh, the top 14, they're going to raise their salary cap uh, a lot in a year or two. Right now, I think we have like eight or nine million pounds a year, and we're going to raise it like with five million pounds a year, which is going to leave a lot of room. And that's also going to be combined with that they are slowly trying to enforce in the French League now, but they can only use like six overseas players. They're going to try to take it down to five, which means they're going to have more money, but less spots for overseas players. And for me, that equation means they're going to go for the big names. They're going to go for the big names. And... I mean, Jordi is a very special talent. Imagine if he had like a stellar world to be in like in line to be one of the best players in the world. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, one of the things about uh, uh, Jordi and uh, that, we, that they brought up in the New Zealand Herald um, article on him is that he sees himself as a 12 uh, and he's not getting that opportunity at the moment with Lamapi there. Um, at the, the Hurricanes. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, does he want to cement himself as a 12 uh, by name uh, and then make the move rather than necessarily try and make the move and everyone, everyone's still seeing him as a, as a fullback where he doesn't actually really want to play as well. So, I, I, yeah, I still think that um, Geordie's another World Cup cycle yeah. in England. Good point. Um, the uh, Rico Iwani, yeah, that's going to be interesting because, yeah, burst on the scene. Uh, if he yeah, were to, that's, become, the most, that's the most likely. If he were to become sort of top try scorer at the Rugby World Cup or something like that, um, then you could definitely see some serious cash uh, being offered his way, uh, and, and uh, it'd be very difficult for to, to turn that kind of money down. Um, I mean, Charles Piatel is reportedly going to be the most expensive, the highest paid international player in the world uh, come next season um, and uh, at a million pounds uh, a season. And that's really crazy money from a rugby point of view. From a football point of view, it's still small. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I just want to digress. That's like, play, that's, like, that's like playing for free in football. <laughs> <laughs> Like you ride a cup want, or something. I, I just want to digress a little bit. And it's just like, you just mentioned that Charles Piertel is going to be like the um, highest paid um, player, so to, you know, sort of thing. Um, you go back a few years, it was the old tight head prop that was um, getting the really big dollars. Which is sort of, uh, you've gone from number, well, front row to the right to the back. It, yeah, so yeah, tight, tight head prop and uh, fly half of uh, uh, generally your, your highest paid players. Um, let's be honest, and um, whereas uh, and uh, Christian, sorry, okay, so Christian in the live chat has gone and said uh, he's not that good, and I'm refuse, I'm assuming um, he is referring to Charles Piertel. Now, um, when he was here in New Zealand playing for the Blues, remember he was playing for the Blues, which means he didn't necessarily have the opportunity to show how good he was for a start. Um, <laughs> So, here we go. <laughs> so anyway, so there's that. Um, and then, yeah, <laughs> Herman's decided he's got enough time to go and have a cigarette and come back again. Um, the, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Ashwin and Paul are going to start talking about the, are going to start moaning about the blues again. Um, but Piertel, um, has since then gone and played for Wasps for a season, uh, and played for two seasons at Ulster. Um, and now is going to, and now he's joining the uh, Bristol Bears. Uh, this this coming season, 
So um, he's had three seasons overseas where he has he has shown himself to be um, yeah world class good um, and uh, potentially the, the, yeah well uh, if, if European observers would be putting him into a world fifty he's that good now New Zealand observers who haven't seen him for three years well, probably wouldn't to be fair no um, <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah there are definitely pe definitely people in who who would put him in in a world in a, in a world fifteen back three. Uh, uh, that are based in Europe. Um, there's, there's, there's no. We'll, we'll get to see him at the World Cup. By the sounds of it, um, I, I'm thinking he, he'll, he'll he'll do the um, Tonga thing. You know, this is like just go play sevens for a few games, and he can go play for Tonga. Yeah, you have to play two qualifying tournaments for Tonga for Olympics. Yeah, and then he can get play for Tonga at the World Cup. Okay. Many yeah. could play for if they play two sevens tournaments that are uh, designated as Olympic qualifiers. Also, then he could change alliance after two, and also be playing for, in the fifteen code for Tonga. Now, if he was Samoan or Fijian, that would be really easy because Samoa and Fiji are on the HSB sevens World Tour, um, which means they we, we know that all those World Tour events. Are um, or World Series events, sorry, not World Tour. Um, World Series events uh, are considered Olympic qualifiers. Tonga, who aren't part of that series, um, who haven't qualified for that level, uh, struggle to figure out which events count as being Olympic qualifying, which ones don't. Uh, and so, one of the big question marks has been which events would he have to turn up for, uh, and then also, yeah, can he can he get time off uh, to go and play in those events? Uh, to to do that, so I say if he, if he was if he was what if he was playing for one of the teams in the in the World Series, it would be very easy. Uh, well, not very, easy, but it would be easier. Um, whereas for doing it for the uh, for, for Tonga, uh, there they, they are a few more uh, um, issues to try and figure out that figure that out. Unfortunately, um, yeah, but you also kind of think that then. Owners are not going to letting their players go play in sevens <laughs> to qualify for Test Rugby. <laughs> oh, mind you, no, hang on, hang on. To be, it, it depends on how much he wants to play for them, right? Whether, like, he, as Paul's just alluded to, he's just signed for the Bristol Bears. Mm -hmm. um, if if he's if he's smart as part of his negotiation, says I want to play internationals for Tonga. You want me to play here? This is the deal. But well, I doubt that they've done that. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I just threw it out there. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt that. You're right. It, it does. It comes down to it. how much does he want to do it. If he yeah, really, yeah, yeah. really wants to do it, he can. There's no can two ways about it. Um, yeah. but, yeah. the number one, basically, the number one paid player, rugby player in um, in the world. Then I'm guessing you have a bit of uh, ability to demand a few things, like releases. Yes, and um, it's, it's quite interesting. Arthur, how much can you tell us about uh, about Charles Peartown's brother and how good he is? Uh, look, it, not as good as Charles, obviously, but um, he's no a good player, absolutely a good player. And and when I, I he played for the Highlanders off the top of my head um, for a couple of seasons, um, and then he, he has obviously we've seen him in Tongan colours and. Look, he, he is a good player. Uh, 
I don't know what more I can really say because it's been a while since he's actually played in any of the competitions that we get to see him in. Um, obviously, we do get to see him in the European competition, but you have to wake up in the middle of the night to watch it. So, but look, he's no Charles Piertel, but he was definitely a very good rugby player in his own right. Well, because one thing I was going to say was, well, when Charles Piertel was at Wasps, Wasps, funnily enough, signed Charles Piertel's brother as well. Now, <laughs> not that I'm saying that uh, that his brother didn't deserve to be on the team. Yeah. However, but there was sway. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, um, a player who, yes, who, who's since become, yeah, uh, the, the most expensive player in the world, uh, again, part of his negotiation might have been, why don't you give my brother a chance? Um, because, uh, fair enough, Charles' brother did, left at the same time that, um, that, that Charles did when they both when when uh, Charles went. To his, <laughs> so the, the other thing made. on that front is that and, you know if you're signing up Charles Piertel, you're paying top dollar for him. You want to get the best performance out of him. Yeah. If having a family member with him is going to make him happier, it's going to come through in his performances on the field as well. And you know if you're not having to throw stupid amounts of cash at his brother. It's a no-brainer to sign him up, isn't it? Because as, as as I alluded to before, he's not a bad player. To, to have him in your backup squad or even in starting fifteen is not a is not something that's a big ask. It's not something that you'd say, "Oh, we don't want him on the wing." <laughs> well, yeah, it was kind of amusing how he went back to Japan uh, and didn't re-sign for Wasps when uh, when Charles Piertel moved off to uh, Ulster um, after his one-year deal. So. Um, Yes, that was all, all uh, yeah, kind of fun and games. Um, and talking about players that, that might go overseas or that sort of aren't getting a look in, maybe, uh, to the All Blacks, um, is that uh, I had a quick look at the, uh, the, the top try scorers in, uh, in, in Super Rugby. And um, number one uh, being Naira Voro. Obviously, he, he, is, he, he isn't available for the All Blacks, um, but... Um, as he, oh. as, as he as he plays for the as he plays for um, uh, as he's uh, he's he's Fijian, but I think he's he's I think he's Wallabies qualified, isn't he? Um, yes. So he's on fifteen tries. On fourteen tries is Ben Lamb, on uh, and and also George Bridge. So two guys. Now, uh, one thing to remember to, to to point out here is that the record for number of tries in a Super Rugby season um, was set by Joe Roth uh, back in nineteen ninety seven. Um, at 15 tries, um, Rico Gear uh, equaled that in 2005, and La Mappi equaled that again last year in 2017. So, uh, if Naravoro scores um, against the Highlanders, or if um, Ben Lam and uh, George Bridge pick up a couple before the end of the season, they will break the record for number of tries in a Super Rugby season. But isn't it a bit strange that the two the, the two top try scorers in New Zealand aren't even part of the All Blacks squad? No, because there's better players ahead of them. <laughs> but they don't, they, but <laughs> those players be better if they're not scoring if they if, if they if they scored less tries. Because they play for a shit blues. team called the Blues. Hey, from all all <laughs> language, language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no need to talk about the blues like that. <laughs> no, look, I mean, man, many comments, many comments um, in the papers today in terms of, well, at the end of the day, George Bridge just has to catch it and dot it down over the white line because the overlap's been created. I think he's a better player than that, but there is an element of that, obviously, in the fact is that the... Um, 
what what is done in and around the field as opposed to just at the end of a chain of a very a very well oiled backline. I reckon Bridge got to have a good chance breaking that record with three more home games, most likely. No, I think he'd been by the Sharks this weekend, mate. I mean, <laughs> I'm going for the Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> everybody out everybody without an eye patch is going for the sharks <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, it, but it's inter- but this is this is hardly the first time we see uh like the the best performing players in super rugby don't get the nod on uh on test level and i think it's coming from uh, if you're a coach and you have seen a player perform at test level and you know they can perform on test level, it's going to take an awful lot before you throw me away and try someone you don't know if he really has it on test level because there are so many examples of super rugby players who look awesome on super rugby level, but they just don't cut it on, on test level. And to be fair, also quite a few super rugby players that look like, yeah, good, solid, you know, but then all of a sudden when it comes to test level, they step it up. So, but, we yeah, how glam and rich. We don't know yet. Maybe we can step it up too. But so far, maybe not. They'll, 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 bridge, bridge will get his chance, I reckon, at some stage through some sort of injury or something like that, or whether they take him away on the end of year tour and and gets you know gets a chance there. But he will get his chance at some stage, and that's where you say, will he step up, take that opportunity? Um, and, and we'll find out then. But you know, as you know, you've seen a lot of players that have looked good one year. It's backing up that second year. Um, and I think if you and if you want to um, dislodge a incumbent All Black, you really do have to show that you've got more than one season. So unless you're something special and there's a gap in the All Blacks, you're going like to wait Shan- your time. Like Shannon Frisell. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what, what are you what are you saying, Ash? Again, what are you saying again? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, 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 I'm exiting stage right now. <laughs> but look, um, you know, let's, let's, let's be honest. The, there is there is um, the the All, the All Blacks coaches look for certain things. When if they spot it, they'll pick them. I mean, Frizzell's a great example um, like that. Um, jo- uh, um, Rich Moanga is is another example in the, in the other way. Is that I think the All Blacks coaches have seen something in him and gone he's not what we want um and i think there's, there's also a, there's there's also a certain element of in new zealand in particular i think you get spotted at the under 20s level or before um and and they and and they've already made a, dis, a certain decision on some players i mean geordie barrett was going to become an all black about two or three seasons before he actually became an all black there was no two ways about it he was he was on the radar he was being followed uh, there were several Super Rugby teams trying to trying to sign him after his performances for Canterbury, uh, so um, there, was, there was there was no two ways uh, that that's where he was going. George Bridge, um, a guy who's played for the under twenties back in twenty fifteen, uh, obviously played in Canterbury and started with the Crusaders last year, uh, got eight appearances, so um, eight appearances, 40, 40 points last year, uh, which is a that's what that, that, that's eight tries, so try a game, uh, which is not bad at all um, at this level, and yet there's, there's been little to no talk of him from the, the, the All Blacks camp. Clearly, they, I think they've already made their decision on him, uh, a bit like a James Lowe. I, don't, I, I really can't say, how has James Lowe never been capped for the All Blacks? He, he, I, I thought he was a wonderful player uh, for the Chiefs. 
uh, and the way he links up with with Dave McKenzie. If you're yeah, that was magic. It um, was magic many times. <laughs> and if you're going to have, and, and apparently he's ripping it up there up, up in the north, isn't he? No, he isn't actually. He's been it's, doing good. Isn't he? he's, he's, yeah, no, he's not. He's not a given starter in Leinster. He's not. But he's. I mean, he's very, very loved by all the Leinster fans and so on. He like settled very well in the squad, but he's. He's not a star in the team. Far wow. from. Wow. Oh, because I, yeah, I read something. Oh, admittedly, it was probably back at the beginning of the year that I read it um, that he was going well. So yeah, interesting. No, I'm, I'm not bad, not bad, but mm-hmm. to say like he's c- cruising up there and dominating like a Kiwi coming up from the pill around, you know, showing those those boys how to do it. That's not no, that's not true. No, yeah, he's. Yeah. But and but and the Leinster's biggest complaint about him has been his defense, and he's been working. The, um, I think that probably guess with Ben Lamb and Bridge too. We don't really know what they can do on the defense. Then get stressed out. Yeah. Whilst whilst we're talking here about about both about things, yeah, George Bridge will get his his opportunity. We're not thinking the same sort of things about Ben Lamb. I don't think. Again, Ben Lamb um, has been through the um, uh, the the, the seven setup. Um, uh, trying to quick check it out whether he was an under twenties player as well. Um, no, he wasn't. But uh, he's I mean, he's twenty seven now. Um, so yeah, very long on the two. A bit uh, for, for 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 an All Blacks um, for an All Blacks uh, debutant. Yeah, long in the tooth. I can't see it. Ben, ben Lamb. I can't see him getting an opportunity. Uh, good, um, a, a good um, Super Rugby player. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't see him. Uh, what he wants to do is get himself noticed over the season going into big contracts because I can't see him ever ever playing for the All Blacks. He's going to be too old come at 27, uh, five years' time come the next World because he's not going to make it to this World Rugby World Cup. What I would like to add about Ben, <clears throat> what I like to add about ben Lamb too, it seems like his form, when Hurricane stopped performing, his form went went through the, through the, through the floor too. too. Yeah, absolutely. And compare back to the hurricane last time. Last time of Ben Lamb has just gone, gone missing. So yeah. Hey Paul. Yep. Have you? Have you? Because you're stats man as well. Have you got the stats on the age difference between um, uh, George Bridge and uh, Solomon Alamalo? I, I just with Rugby Nation mentioning Alamalo, I, I have to agree. Is you know, he, he's the one that I would sort of pick as um, the someone the All Blacks would be looking at. But I'm just wondering what his age is. Um, at the moment, I can't seem to be able to spell his name. Um, but anyway, so there was there was another article actually that, we, that I picked up on in in on, uh, in, in stuff um, talking about players like Solomon Alamano. And so say right, who are the players that are um, 22? Solomon Alamano. So yeah, he's yep. def- yeah, okay. so he's he's definitely uh, still in with with, with a shout. Um, I, I would suggest. Uh, interestingly, he's uh, from a Northland lad. Interestingly, not uh, played, not not got recognised at the under twenty level. Um, so you've got to say, yeah, he seems to have e- either been a late developer um, or slipped through the cracks uh, on, on on that side of things. So maybe that's that, that's. Part he was. He was. Um, he was in the uh, Blues development team, like the under twenty Blues development team. So I think he will make it because it's one of the ones that Blues have let go. 
Um, and, and two other players that have, that have gone through that exact same process. Um, uh, Fekitoa, uh, who obviously went on to be an All Black and is now at Toulon, uh, and Naholo, who uh, went down to the Highlanders, uh, signed an overseas contract, um, and then uh, suddenly got told, oh, "By the way, we'd like to play for the All Blacks," and, uh, and managed to get out of his overseas contract. Um, and some and some halfback called Aaron Smith. Uh, he's an ex Blues as well, is he? <laughs> oh, dearie me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tavita Lee, yeah, but Tavita Lee hasn't hit, hasn't hasn't uh, hasn't hasn't really gone and, gone and got himself fifty all black caps, um, or even ten. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, there's a good. Uh, in, so we we talked about. I was talking about George Bridge, uh, Ben Lamb. Um, now Solomon Alamano, who's uh, Alamano, who's, um, who's obviously who's playing very well. Uh, another player um, at the Chiefs, Brad Weber. Uh, had an absolute stormer at the weekend and is keeping Triple T out, out of the team, uh, not in the, the All Black squad. I mean, I, I, was, I, I thought Brad Weber was going to be was going to be that third scrum half. Um, do you think he's got a uh, well, grinning and nodding there? Um, oh, no, I, I, you, I thought you were going to say third, half, third scrum half for the All Blacks or for uh, the Chiefs? Uh, for the All Blacks. <laughs> not for- yeah, look, um, I, I honestly thought with some of the injuries that Brad Weber... Um, uh, has had, I thought, oh, he's gone, right? Um, but that display that he put on last week against the Canes was fantastic. It was, he played awesome. It was a really good game. And, um, yeah, no, I think he'd be back up in contention for sure. Um, so I think he's, he's playing himself back in. Um, the, uh, uh, um, Bryn Hall, um, another one, um, but he doesn't seem to he doesn't seem to, be able to hold down a, a Crusaders contract a Crusaders starting starting jersey. So I'm not so sure about him. Um, yep, Rugby Nation coming on to that player as well. Um, uh, Rob Thompson uh, is someone. <laughs> no, that- just, oh, sorry, you, you mentioned Bryn Hall. So I was like, no, no. It, the reality is that Bryn Hall's look good behind the Crusaders pack. The Crusaders pack's going forward. His pass is just too too slow out to. It's the fact that obviously that just gives big, bigger ups to um, Moana. Um, but also the fact that the pattern, the continuity that the Crusaders play with obviously help and probably disguise the speed of Bryn Hall's pass. Um, don't get me wrong, he's a, he's a good player, but he's not an all-black. Um, Rob Thompson, though, is someone who a lot of people are saying is, is has, has got all-black qualities. Another one that Rugby Nation has mentioned in the chat there. Um, a lot of people have been saying he's the best centre in Super Rugby uh, for the past couple of months. Uh, so yeah, another guy who's uh, at the back of the queue there because we've got Crotty, Sunnyville Williams, um, Anson Brown, uh, Jack Goodhue, Lamappi. We've been talking about Arso. There's the I mean, Arso has been name dropped as his proctor by the All Blacks. Um, I'm not sure if they've actually name dropped Thompson or not, um, but he's yeah at, at best he's sixth. Could be could be as low as eighth in the pecking order. Uh, and you're someone that people has been getting rave reviews this season. Actually, Proctor's um, um, got quite a few mentions from the All Blacks coaches, if I remember rightly. Um, he, he got mentioned ahead of us, so in fact. And, but has has sorry hasn't uh, Michael Little in Sun Wolves played for the Blues before too? Yes, mm-hmm. and he's probably that's probably one who's one of the best centers in Super Rugby this year. His form has been sensational. What's your Paul, point of you not getting it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah. No, he, he's, 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 look, there's been a couple of players like Michael Little that you just sort of like, what the, you do yeah. really do in terms of how can he not be even in the squad is just mind-blowing. Because he actually had a good season for North Harbour last year as well. Um, and it was on the back of not being selected that he's um, ended up at the Sun Bulls, yeah. not because they approached him and thought, oh, look, there's a great player. Let's go pick him up. Um, and yeah, he is a, he's a good player, but I wouldn't put him in all that. Check his stats, Paul, 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 I, I recommend you look through all the stats from the midfielders in Super Rugby this year and you will see. He's probably one, he's a, he's a complete midfielder, complete midfielder, complete especially the last seven, eight rounds, he's been sensational. Is he very good with Parker uh, in a Sunwolves team? But, but Parker, again, is a player that, you, that probably wouldn't be first choice uh, fly half at many Super Rugby teams. It's a start, it's not that they're not playing a Kiwi style of play. I don't, really? I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I thought like we spoke more Kiwi English in the coach's box from Japanese there. <laughs> Sort of steering away from the All Blacks a little, but I have to say yeah. I'm absolutely gobsmacked and surprised that no Kiwi Super Rugby team picked up Michael Little. Michael Little is a class footballer. I'm not saying yeah. he's an All Black. I'm not, dumb, no. but he's definitely worthy of a Super Rugby New Zealand Super Rugby franchise jersey. Yeah, he's been playing very well. Um, the uh, but some um, the. And a couple of the names that were mentioned that were thrown out there: um, Jordan Tafur, um, Shannon Fazel. I mean, Shannon Fazel has, has actually been been picked, but um, yeah, a f- quite a few players there. Who I think Jordan Tafur's got limitations. Uh, he, he, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like obviously, it was a hard one for the Crusaders to get up um, for, for against the Blues. You know, nothing on it. Um, and, but he didn't have a good game against the Kiriuani, and I actually thought. Even in a team that got beat by 50, um, Kira Ioane outshone Jordan Tafur in the game. But as I said, hard to get yourself up for a game which doesn't mean a hell of a lot, isn't it? There is that. Um, and you could, I mean, Kira's perhaps another one you can mention, actually, that, that should be getting more recognition. Uh, and again, we've, we've said that that's, it's his headspace that the All Blacks are trying to sort out first before they actually select him. Um, but hasn't he... Looked like a tiny, tiny, tiny bit more controlled after his last All Black camp when he was there training with the team for three weeks. Hasn't Akira? I think he looked like a little bit. I saw seen some improvements in the last three games or well, two games. I, I, I agree with you, uh, Herman. I think he. The, I do. I you know watching him obviously. Uh, I think he, there were some improvements in his game. Uh, but in saying that, if he doesn't end up going on the end of year tour with a black jersey, then. It's going to be a hard struggle for him to ever get a black jersey. Tell you the yeah. truth, he should try his Japan options instead. Then, <laughs> yeah, and go join Michael Little and Hayden Parker. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, um, no, Hayden Parker is not uh, eligible for Japan. Eligible, yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to rename it Driving Mall, the um, the, the Jap- Japanese edition. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Rugby Nation makes a good point. Um, uh, should uh, Little come back and play for the Chiefs with uh, Johnny Fayule uh, and uh, Charlie Nartai both leaving? Um, there's, there's going to be some recruitment needed uh, at the Chiefs for next season. But I think both, both, both Parker and Little got to be like prime targets for pretty much all New Zealand Super Rugby teams. 
and the Blues would be plain stupid if you didn't try to get them both. What's your point? The, we know the bla- the plain stupid. <laughs> you know my point. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what what are we gonna see? Is Hayden and Rashid and the Blues not gonna get any of them? That's what we're gonna get. It'd be a nice. In saying that, it'd be a nice touch for Michael Little to end up at the Chiefs because um, I think uh, actually I don't know was I could be wrong. I, maybe Super Rugby had actually he'd um, his father Walter had stopped playing before Super Rugby started. Can't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if if um if he do if he was still playing, he would have played for the Chiefs. That's uh, Walter. The um, take a quick check. Uh, yeah, well, no, yeah, Walter did um, uh, play for the Chiefs and also the Blues. Oh, that settles, man. There's hope. Walter Little played for the Blues? Uh, Walter was at the uh, Chiefs from 96 99. Apparently, he was at the Blues in 2000. Uh. As a Blues <laughs> fan, that's on Blues for good, too. <laughs> they probably put him on the bench. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And he was a uh, yeah North Harbour boy was uh, yeah absolutely through him and Bunty, the Brown brothers at the back with Glenn Osborne fantastic oh sorry we're digressing again (laughs) 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 Um, but yeah it's you're talking um, Michael Little twenty five and this is his first year in Super Rugby which is nuts uh, yeah crazy Um, um, most. Let's, let's be honest, most uh, guys would have given up by this stage or, uh, or gone overseas, to be honest. Um, I guess he has gone overseas by going to Japan. Um, but, um, but he's still down as, as, as North Harbour, so I think he's back for North Harbour uh, during the Mighty 10 Cup. We'll have to, we'll, we'll, we'll see. No, he will be. But anyway, that's, 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 the, uh, that's the All Blacks side of things, uh, or the men's side of things at least. Time to move on to the ladies. Um, and uh, Arthur the All Blacks what? The All Blacks what, sorry? <laughs> the All Blacks women's. Women's, yes. They're the Black Ferns, the, the ladies' team, or the women's team. Um, and we've had the squad. I'll talk about the backs now, finally. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> no. The, um, <laughs> and, yeah, and we've got this, uh, the, the, the squad that's been announced um, for the, uh, the Australian Games. Um, bit, a bit surprised to see uh, Portia Woodman, Sarah Goss, and... Uh, Kelly Brazier, all all sitting out and taking a rest. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. I, I sort of think at a time when the women's game is actually going ahead in leaps and bounds, um, there's there's good interest in it. You, you want to build on that interest. You you know, we want to go and watch the best players playing, right? If we're watching the All Blacks and we're going to Eden Park, we want to watch the best players playing. If you're going to Caras. Carisbrook, showing my age. <laughs> if you're going to Forsyth Bay, you're going to Westpac, you're going to AMI Stadium, wherever you're going to watch the All Blacks, you want to see the best team possible running out there that's available. And and you look at the Black Ferns and you sort of think, hey, you got momentum, you got interest in your team. What are you doing? People want to see. Portia Woodman is the name of women's rugby. I mean, sorry to the other ladies that are in the team, but it's it's just like when Jonah's. You know, was playing. He's the he was the big big name in the All Blacks sort of thing. People want to go see Portia Woodman play. What are they doing? Give her a rest on the at the end of the year. 
Have they really played that much? I don't think so. I'm sorry, no. Well, the thing is, have the 15s played that much? No. Have the 7s? Ah, yes, maybe. Now, yeah, but they're weak. They're, they're weak couple of day tournaments that are played every couple of months or every month. It's not that massive a, a commitment. Sorry, no. Are any of these players that didn't get picked or they selected for the World Championship in sevens this weekend? So those three are are have been are at the um, Rugby World Cup uh, seven sevens Rugby World Cup uh, in San Francisco. Yes, um, and they have decided that actually. Uh, that's right. Uh, and they've decided that their focus is, to, is the Tokyo Olympics um, next year. Uh, and so that is all they're preparing for. And they've and, and they're deciding to, to skip the uh, or, or, or not make themselves available for the 15s um, side of things. So, well, then the problem is that they've got is then don't complain when people don't turn up to watch their games because the stars aren't there. The, the names that people know. They are the names. Um, Stacey Wacker, Teresa Fitzpatrick and... Uh, Aliana Siali, uh, all at the uh, the the or, uh, well, the last one. Uh, Aliana Siali is part of the the wider squad, um, but the other two are at the uh, are in San Francisco for the Sevens Rugby World Cup, um, and they have been selected for these um, uh, for, for these games. So there are so yes, it, it was definitely their choice um, to be rested uh, ahead of uh, not to be included uh, in these two tests to play uh, to play Australia. Um, and with that, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight um, debutants um, in the squad. Uh, which, um, so yeah, as, as we got to say, with, with those 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 three three um, three stars missing, eight debutants. This is a pretty yeah. There's definitely looking towards the future. Now, with last year being Women's Rugby World Cup year, I think I think it was last year. Um, so yeah, it is the next yep. Rugby World Cup final. Rugby Women's Rugby World Cup cycle is starting now, um, which is um, uh, which which is a surprise. So yeah, which, which is not so we shouldn't say a surprise. They're starting these uh, these new players uh, coming through. Um, inexperienced squad picked. Australia should be sort of going. Oh, here's an opportunity. And this is going to be the first ever t- time we've, we've the first ever Southern Hemisphere um, professional internationals 15s women's game. Um, actually, I'm trying to think. I, th- I think Australia have also contracted their women's team um, as well. I know the women's sevens and the women's and the men's sevens. The sevens definitely, definitely yeah. are. And the women's sevens and the men's sevens in Australia both get paid the same as well. They have pay parity over there. Um, the and with the women over there being uh, Olympic um, gold medal holders, they're more famous than the men are. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so it's, 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 it's no, it's, it's yeah, they, they fully deserve the, the, the pay parity over yeah. there. Um, at seventh level, not fifteens. At seventh level, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, I'm trying to remember. I thought I meant, I thought I heard that the fifteens have gone professional over there, just like it has over here. Um, so it's going to be big. I believe they've got a competition. They've got like an, a, 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 you know, with like the NRC. Yep, they have. They've, they've done a. Um, they're a national competition now, uh, which was which has started this year for the first time. Uh, and uh, and actually in New Zealand, um, Taranaki are going to be hosting a team in the Farrah Palmer Cup this year, which they haven't done previously. So, um, the Farrah Palmer Cup is growing. Uh, you have to be careful. Just be careful with the, that sort of like, way they've got more teams in the Farrah Palmer Cup. 
because what they've actually done in the previous years is they've decimated the Auckland team to create teams outside of Auckland. And, and it's just like, hang on, those were Auckland players. Now they're playing in this team, they're playing on that team. And it's like, yeah, then, you know, and yeah. That's the same stupid thing that's going on in Super Rugby, isn't it? The other teams taking the Auckland ruin. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. damn it, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. No, but this is this there is, is the conspiracy. This is the uh, this is the, yeah, no, but this is this is the basically the, the to create a competition effectively, as opposed to the fact that you know players just get getting picked up, um, which I don't have an issue with professional rugby that happens, but this is actually to create a competition. Um, people on podcasts, I did air quotes for competition. <laughs> 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 and sure you you've you've been able to do that in the past uh, with 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 a smaller competition personally i think every might 10 cup province uh has to should have um should be forced to have a female team um and that if they don't they lose their might 10 cup um standing uh i christian where am i going i'm going to put more wood in the fire because it's cold here that's where i keep going um the, um, so yeah, I, 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 I'm I'm all for this, uh, and um, so I, I will be trying to get myself press accreditation for for that. So I've I've applied Taranaki uh, Rugby Union. So if you're watching, uh, please give me press accreditation. Um, we'll talk uh, about your team right here. Well, not yeah, right yeah. here. Head chat, head chat, thingy. That um, one. A couple of other things. Actually, I just realised how long we've been talking for. Jeez. Um, the a couple of other things on, on the Blackfern side, uh, they've added two tests um, against France in November. Um, so uh, this has got to be the largest or the, the longest uh, uh, Blackfern's uh, schedule in a season uh, outside of the Rugby World Cup. Uh, with they're going to have they're having a, a game of three halves, just like the All Blacks do prior to their Junior Nationals. So they're going to have that prior to their two games against um, the Wallaroos. They then head over to the USA. And as part of a triple header where the USA will be taking on the Maori All Blacks uh, and Ireland will be playing Italy, um, the USA women's 15s will be playing the Black Ferns. Um, and then after that game, they'll be heading over to France for um, two games in France as well. So that's, um, that's five full uh, f- full test matches I'll have this year. And it's way short of the 14 or 13 or 14 that the All Blacks have every year. Uh, but it's well up on... Um, on previous years, uh, the not before this world, but I mean, the Wallaroos, for example, um, re- re- relatively recently managed to go between rugby world cups without any international games. So three years of, of no games. So to now have five this year uh, is a big step in the right direction. And it's good that they're having that the fifteen um, games against France because or, or the Northern Hemisphere because obviously France are involved in the they have a women's Six Nations. A competition, which means that you know those those um, the women's um, rugby teams in the northern hemisphere are actually getting quite strong because of their regular um, play that they have, and that's the only way you do get better is regular play. So, you know, um, yeah. unfortunately, the Australian women's team isn't exactly strong, the 15 side that is, um, <clears throat> but the up in the northern hemisphere it is strong. It's be good to see good competition for the Black Ferns. Um, you know, I, I think we're all starting. I mean. I'll be honest, I wasn't a big 
I wouldn't say the fans not the right word, but I didn't get excited about watching the Black Ferns play. But the um, with the last World Cup and watching the quality has really increased. It's it's good quality rugby. You know, I, I enjoy watching the games now. Um, yeah, it has definitely stepped up big time. Um, yeah, I I totally agree. It was a big rise in quality over that. The um, last World Cup. Mm. And France are the current um, Six Nations champions um, for the women's oh. um, competition as well. So, uh, yeah, they're getting, not, not only are they travelling up to the Europe, um, but they're playing against the, the, the top side there. Uh, obviously, the European with the Six Nations, the European uh, Six Nations team all get five test matches a year as part of that competition um, straight away. Uh, so, the so France women, for example, have at least seven test matches this season uh, compared to I say five, which I think uh, uh, which I, I'm happy to be corrected. But um, my my belief is that this is the, 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 the biggest or the longest schedule or the most games that the Black Ferns have had outside of the World Cup year. Um, yep. So that's that. Uh, the other thing we obviously need to quick, which we touched on very briefly, was that um, it's the Sevens Rugby World Cup this um, coming weekend. And uh, for yep. those people in New Zealand, you can watch it um, on Sky Sport. Oh, actually, no, you can't. Um, it's going to be live on Duke, which... Isn't even a sports channel. Alswin, what's going on? It's a bloke's channel. It's a bloke's channel, mate. Mate, it's a bloke's channel. (laughs) (laughs) It's an entertainment channel. Um, It's not a. It's not a sports channel. Uh, So clearly, uh, Sky haven't got the rights to the Rugby Sevens World Cup, uh, and they haven't got rights to the Rugby World Cup either next year. Uh, Sky losing their grip on rugby. Until the streaming services fall over and we have an SBS moment and they go crawling back to Sky and say, can you broadcast these games for us, please? Or TVNZ goes, we're going to have to put it on for free. Um, well, Duke is actually uh, is a satellite channel rather than a, rather than a streaming service. Um, so, yeah, but the, the, it's going to be interesting the World Cup next year um, and we'll see how that um uh, that hands out at the back. Um, also, no team, women's or men's, has ever won the Sevens Rugby World Cup back to back. The reigning champions are <coughs> New Zealand. All Black. New Zealand. All Black. Yeah, that's all Black. Doesn't look good then. <laughs> New Zealand. And New Zealand. Oh, mate. Chalk it up. Put your house on it. The Black. The, uh, the, the women's uh, Sevens team is going to win their one. Yeah. Yeah, the New Zealand women I will back, but the men. Have you seen the Fiji team? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that Fiji they are team. the only one who picked the stars from fifteen too. No, Wales yep. have. Oh, well, Wales have got two. Have got two. Um, uh, got a good pick. Two, two international. Yeah. Two, two fifteens players. Uh, okay. So that but Fiji sevens team, if they can pick the team that they want to, nobody stops them. eh? I, I reckon. I reckon they're. He, you you probably can't put your house on them, but you know you could put a bit of wedge if you gambled. I don't. Paul doesn't. I don't know Herman. Do you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, hang on. Yeah, well, uh, aren't the Blitz Blocks the uh, the, 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 the the reigning um, HSB Sevens champions? Oh, yeah. Uh, they are. So they so, are. Yeah, so, so they. So I, I would. Yeah, they, they've also even the shout as well. Um, yeah, both. That's. The most probable final. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think if the the Fijians don't lose the because the thing is that the the, the Blitzbocky can beat the um the Fijian 
if they can get into their headspace, basically. But if if the Fijians can keep controlled, I, you just can't. Those guys in sevens are just phenomenal. Oh, they are. They're going to be wrong. Yeah. The blitz box are also phenomenal as well. They're also very good at what they do. They they are, but they're good because they play consistent. They're not the miraculous freak play type yeah. guys that the Fijians are. I mean, I saw that the Fijian super lock is going to play. I mean, that's just, just because of that, I'm actually going to watch seven this weekend. I want to see him play seven. Because, well, who I mean, was that? Sorry. Nakaraba. Broke, broke so who was it? Nakaraba. Oh, yep, yep. It's the lock. I mean, I mean, if if he were playing for any of the big nations in the rugby world, he would be like a superstar already. He's that good. Yeah. He's basically, seen Dan Carter playing in the lock position. You know, his hands are <laughs> magic. You know, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. I, 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 I do have some revelations though about fifteen players being. You know what I mean. Uh, he's a fantastic player. Uh, played for Glasgow for a season, uh, uh, yeah, and they were very upset when when, when he left. Um, I guess my my only thought is, uh, I'm not a great fan of 15s players being being drafted in for the big tournaments uh, at the last minute. Um, the I mean, Wales did it for the uh, Commonwealth Games as well, uh, but for me, uh, the players that have qualified you for the Rugby World Cup and got your seeding. Uh, for the Sevens Rugby World Cup should be the players that get selected for it, not some guys who are picked just for that event. So, I'm, yeah. I, I, God, now you're starting to sound like the cricket committee meeting I've just been to about being fair. It's <laughs> 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 not fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm, somebody comes I'm, and takes someone to say not like, fair. <laughs> Give it a rest, you know. The best players play. This is a World Cup. This is not a school That's... tournament. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just not sure that I agree. Poor Johnny. I'm just not sure that I agree. I mean, with Nakarau, it's, it's a different matter. You love I'm not sure that I agree that... Um, I'm not sure that I agree that, that Justin Tipperick is, is no, the I, best player in the world at seven. So there point. you go. Um, I think, I mean, no, I think I, there should be some sort of qualification I mean, probably be around it. And you have to play in a sevens tournament, X amount of sevens tournaments to be eligible, maybe. But, uh, yeah, maybe that way then. I mean, for a hypothetical question. What do you reckon, like, like if there's a current, like, all-black setup of 30 players, if you pick a seven side from the all-blacks and let them play against the New Zealand seven team, who do you think we're going to win? Your blacks. The All Blacks, eh? No, no, no doubt about it. Uh, we've seen it in the past. That's why. The reason I say that, I, I speak from the past. When, when you look mm-hmm. at when you know we we won two Commonwealth Games medals in a row, and as you look at that team, Ben Smith, uh, yeah, oh, geez, my mind's gone blank on the players that were there, but they were all All Blacks. And those guys, the other guys didn't have a chance. The other teams didn't have a chance. The, the, when, even now, you look at it. If if they sent the players. That you know, you let's say if they sent Rico and Akira Yawani, you know those guys aren't aren't even selected. You go put those sorts of players in yeah, there, that's you know, and it's just like yeah, nah, no worries, man. The All Blacks, if you pick seven players that are current All Black players to play against our current seven squad, they eat them up. Oh, okay. Paul's got his arms folded, so I'm guessing he's disagreeing. You have the same opinion, Paul. Body language. I've read those body language books. You read all this kind of stuff. Sure, no, I don't agree. I okay, don't no, agree. Right. For other countries, I would disagree. 
okay, because I think sevens has become a specialized sport uh, and that uh, the, the, the conditioning for it uh, and, and the skills for it are, are different to, to 15s. You have to be a sevens player. Um, now, the reason I say uh, that I have an exception with the All Blacks is the All Blacks use their sevens in a different way to all the other countries um, in the fact that they use it for development of players. Australia have done to a certain extent, actually, with Callum Clark coming through um, and playing for the Brumbies for... Uh, oh, Brumbies or Tars? Anyway, whichever team he's playing for. Um, but if you look at... Um, Whereas you look at uh, the, I mean, well, actually, just look at um, Auckland. You've got, uh, you, obviously, you've got Akira Iwani in there. Um, you've got uh, Rico Iwani. Um, who was the, the other wing that was playing sevens last year? It's now, that was on the left wing for the Blues recently. I've gone blank. Joe Revolvo. No. Ben Lamb. No, no, this season, last weekend, <laughs> who was playing left wing? Oh, oh Caleb Clark. That's Caleb Clark. Yeah, Caleb Clark, sorry. He, he was also playing sevens recently. Mm. So you've, yes. you've basically, uh, they, they, New Zealand uses its sevens team predominantly for development of players that then go on Super Rugby. There's one or two, like DJ Forbes um, and uh, um, the other t- the tall guy, um, who... who Tom Mickelson. Yeah, who stick with, with, with the sevens program, but they are very few and far between. Uh, you do sevens for one, maybe two years, and then you become a Super Rugby player or you just drop out. So because that's it's used as a development tool in New Zealand and you, you, you can pick seven All Blacks who have played sevens and therefore have the skills, that's why they can do it. But for other countries, I don't think you can. How long do you reckon this is going to be continued? Because there must come like a critical point and where seven just going to be too specialized for anyone just to jump in and outperform. But this is what I'm saying. New Zealand, uh, New Zealand do, uh, and they. Yeah, like but New Zealand not going to accept because New Zealand lost their, their top position in the sevens rugby, and they don't like that. So they're for sure going to have a plan how to make New Zealand the number one in sevens rugby again. Yeah, but it's been a couple no. of years now since the sevens, New Zealand sevens, have been at the top, so they don't seem to be that concerned about it. You got to remember the the entirety of New Zealand rugby or New Zealand men's rugby. Um, is all about having a successful All Blacks. That's yeah, all I know, that, I know, I know. That's all that matters. The Sevens program doesn't matter apart from providing players for the All Blacks to be successful. That's all that matters. And nothing else matters. matters. <laughs> but don't you reckon uh, the Sevens being Olympics going to change this long term? Because Olympic gold is a pretty big deal in New Zealand. It is, but it's still it's it's not an Adidas deal for five. And years. in rugby, Olympic gold in rugby is isn't kind of embarrassing us. You know, it's our sport, New Zealand sport. And but again, and it's, the, the, it's all about sponsorship and the All Blacks brand. That's all that matters. That's where all yeah, money yeah, comes yeah. from. Um, and therefore, the Sevens program is about supporting the All Blacks 15s team. And that's yeah, that's not it's it, it is it's not it's not actually. Um, an end in itself. Actually, put it this way, Herman. Put it this way. Yeah. Uh, we, most most people, I mean, my, myself personally as well, and, and we found it quite um, funny that um, both the Black Fern, well, the, the New Zealand women's and the men's um, sevens teams fell in um, in the Olympics at the gold for the gold medal. Well, not even well, the men didn't even make it to the gold medal, but you know, didn't succeed because it's just like. It was such a build-up about it and the like, and the reality is, is that the the fans in this country, in particular, 
hey, look, there's an expectation that you'll go there and pick up a gold medal, but we didn't. Do we care? No. If we win the if we lose the World Cup next year, do we care? Hell yes. And there'll be talk about spitting on horses and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, that sort of stuff goes on if we don't win the World Cup next year. We don't win a gold medal at a Olympics for um, sevens. Yeah, oh, there's a bit of angst about, but nothing, nothing major. It, it's it might change, it might change in the future, no, but currently the scenario. The and, and, and there the, the, the was a tweet that went round about um, uh, the England football team. So that basically, when the England football team um, play, the uh, basically the, um, the, 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 the the amount of uh, domestic abuse goes up when the English football team lose. The amount of domestic abuse goes up even more, um, and that's something that happens in New Zealand around the All Blacks. Uh, having talked to a, uh, um, a, um, a nurse um, in a hospital, so she says, "Yeah, it, it's, it's a well-known fact that the, the domestic abuse um, uh, and their the, the admittances into hospital after an All Blacks loss um, significantly rises, and mm-hmm. that is a, a an that tells you in a bad way, but that, yeah, that the All Blacks matter. Um, you'll never hear about, about, about sevens. Uh, it's crazy. It's, it's wrong. We need it to stop. Domestic abuse is wrong. No. Etc. But it gives you an idea as to, it shows you how much it is part of the national, how much the, the All Blacks winning means. <laughs> I've never understood that, though, eh? I guess not, oh, the All Blacks have lost. I go beat up my wife. It's like you scratch your head. Well, what's going through yeah, your head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that's a totally different, totally different uh, yeah, podcast. It, it, um, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it's yeah, it's wrong. If, if sorry, if you're watching this and you and you are in a domestic uh, abuse situation, get out, and get help, please. Uh, you're not the problem. He is. Um, anyway, but um, she is, or she is. Uh, but let's be honest. It is generally in one direction. It's 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 much more prevalent one way than the other. Um, but yeah, it, 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 I mean, just like football is to is, is to England, I say yeah, the All yep. Blacks are to here. The Sevens will never be that. So back to rugby. Just going to Christians. Sevens team, a dark horse. Uh, the USA, absolutely. Right. Always. They're at home. Always. Um, they've, they've 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 won a couple of. Uh, I mean, if you look, any team that's won a HSBC Seven Series. So you're looking at um, obviously um, your Blitzbox and Fiji are top. You've then got. Um, the the so the the New Zealand Australia England are in there. Yep. Step down from there. You've got your Kenyas. Um, Scotland won one recently. Um, uh, the USA uh, USA sorry, Canada uh, Scotland. Canada. You've got, uh, Argentina's been playing better. Um, trying to else's I mean Samoa. Um, yeah, there's any of the top eight could could win this definitely. It's it's, it's possible. Yeah. There's there's a lot of factors that come into a sevens tournament as well. Is is that you know, it's you know we talk about form on the day, um, and so the, in the sevens situations, form in a tournament, and you could have like we've talked about the Blitzbocky and the Fijians as being the uh, favourites, but if they're off their game in the tournament, um, they can easily not even make it to the semi-finals. Oh, not only that because. They- we play the seventh World Cup, which I'm actually a fan of. They play the completely different how we play the, the seventh story in the Olympics. They play knockout rugby from the first round. So if you lose one game, you're out. It's a which holiday. Big... It's a beautiful holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I was surprised to hear that. I, I wasn't aware of that until obviously you keep hearing it and sort of saying it's a knockout game from game one. It's just like, what? there's no pools. What, what do you mean? No, no. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a great idea to make a difference between uh, the World Cup and uh, the rest of the tour and also the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an old flavor. So, but it's a bit of a strange setup. So it's 20, there's 24 teams. So 16 yeah. teams, 16 teams, so the top eight get a buy in round one and the yeah. ninth down to 24th play each other. Um, and then mm-hmm. they play the top eight. Now that means the top eight, uh, although the, or the, when in that second round, the, the lesser teams have already had to play a game. They're going to be more knackered against fresh, better teams. Um, I don't think that's fair. Um, but we're oh gonna... no, Paul's going down that it's not fair path again. <laughs> sports, sports, not... supposed oh, e- sports supposed to be an equal contest between two teams. Um, and I don't think that's what this, this is, this is going to be. So you're going to see the top eight pretty but much you, get through. You can to the easily end. flip that argument, Paul. You can easily flip that argument easily and say that the teams that you actually get to play one warm-up game and these guys are becoming cold. You know, we're not going to be ready. The other teams are going to play one. Yeah, rugby, blah, blah. I uh, can choose your own set of excuses right away, you know. <laughs> well, well, we'll 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 see how it pans out. But I, I expect the top eight all to go through to, to the uh, to the quarterfinals, um, and I think that pretty much any of those could go on and win it. But as you say, with 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 with, um, with ones that are with with, with favourites over others. Anyway, boys, thank you very much. It has been an absolute pleasure as always. Um, we'll be back tomorrow uh, with the with previewing the quarterfinals. Um, I've got Shane on and uh, anyone else who fancies popping on. Um, we'll see who else. But uh, yeah, there'll be at least Shane and I, maybe Herman, and uh, I think Arsene, you're having tomorrow night off. Um, so at eight, at, uh, at 8 p.m., so previewing those ones, we'll have, hopefully have the most of the teams um, listed by then. It's an exciting format, though. We've moved on from the format. We've run out of time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I disagree with the format. You agree with it. Um, we, we, we'll, we'll come back to that another time. Potato, potato. Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> Breaking into song and um, in one show, twice in one show. So, um, uh, 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 yeah, uh, after Arshan has busted most of your eardrums, um, please all click that like button, um, share, retweet, uh, all of that lovely stuff. And uh, more than anything else, just tell your friends how wonderful and great we are uh, and how to come and listen. So uh, cheers and uh, good evening all.